Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Practical Rambling Fathers. And I'm Father Tick. Father Brian. Welcome on back. Today we're going to talk about the four loves. Storge, Philia, Eros, and Agape. And we're going to do it, uh, kind of doing a shout out to C.S. Lewis's book called The Four Loves. Um, Excellent book. It's an awesome book, and I burned through it while I was painting some of my rectory. Um, it's a four-hour book, so an audio book. So um, I encourage you to read it yourself, but especially in this day and age, I feel like it's helpful to keep in mind the categories of life, and I feel like we use the word love so much in our culture, and we don't even know what we're talking about when I say I love my dog, I love pizza, I love my spouse, I love my friend, Uh, all the various ways we say I love, and these four loves kind of help us um, categorize what exactly we're talking about. So those are the Greek words, and we'll talk about what translates. So to start off, uh, just a little bit about C.S. Lewis himself. He was born in 1898. And uh, he was actually atheist, and he enlisted in the army, and then one of his close friends, Patty Moore, died in uh, 1918, and then he was wounded at at the same battle, and uh, discharged from the army, and then he uh, meets his friend um, and colleague, J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings author, and then... Um, his father dies, so that happened in 1926, and then 1929, uh, his father dies in Belfast, and in three years, uh, he abandons atheism and converts to theism, and he attributes most of that, actually, to his, uh, walking with, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and some other of his colleagues um, that he got to know and love and shared a, a deep friendship with. So we'll get into what friendship is from his. So he converts to theism and then he converts into Christianity uh, two years later in 1931. Um, and then he goes on to write a whole bunch of awesome books. The Problem of Pain, Mere Christianity, Screw-taped Letters, which we should probably do something, Abolition of Man, Preface to Lost Paradise, Christian Behavior, The Space Trilogy, um, The Great Divorce, uh, Miracles, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe from Narnia series. Mm -hmm. All of these different things um, happened. uh, And he does a whole bunch of writing. Really awesome. Um, The... Uh, and then also writes this four love book that we're going to talk about today. But today you want to start talking about the first sure. love? <clears throat> the first love that C.S. Lewis calls is an affection love, very affectionate love. And an affectionate love is a very quiet type Storge of love. is the Greek. Yeah, so storge is, is the Greek word for it, and it means affection. It's probably one of the most humblest love, and it's very modest. And so C.S. Lewis says, if... The reason why it's modest is because it, it starts off small. It's very interiorly appreciated. So we've we've often heard the maximum of it's about the small things. 
and C.S. Lewis writes this beautiful image of like you know old slippers being wrapped uh, in a blanket, but it's a stepping stone where a person slowly starts to open up and learns what he or she likes about a particular thing or, or about a particular person. And so one of the, the affectionate images he uses is a mother nursing um, a baby. And so he talks about how in this affectionate love, no matter as the love deepens uh, through friendship, through life experiences, and it goes further away from its source, no matter how far it goes, it can always extend itself because it's, the affection begins to evolve into a, a deeper love and do something else. And he uses a, a funny analogy of uh, gin because gin is used as a base, <laughs> a base drinks. So you can mix with anything else. So you can drink, drink gin on its own. People do that. Yep. But it's also the base of drinks um, and... Um, so yeah, so it's the base. So uh, Storge is the, the base of the family. It's also, um, when we say my dog loves me or something like that, we're talking about this. They have an affection for, for us, us. Yep. but there isn't any sense of choosing a person yeah or a love. So this is, this, this is, the, this is where um, animal love stops. Mm-hmm. Is they only have this sort of love. It's like um, this ability of familiarity, this ability yep. to, to, to recognize and yeah. to, but they're not, there's not a, a rational choice on their end. Um, it's also, uh, Storge is also um, where people babble at babies, right? So, making babies grown men uh, holding infants and babbling at them. It's part of Storge, it's part of us uh, reflecting back uh, a love that's just, and it comes naturally, or it should come naturally. Um, and so Storge is the start, and it's just a simple infection, uh, affection of, infection, affection of those different, uh, of those different dynamics. So. Uh, yeah, another way to just briefly summarize it, it's the word like versus love, right? I like something, it makes me comfortable, I like I like it because, you know, all my preferences for your know, favorite shirt, favorite TV show, favorite food, right? So affection is more of things that you like, uh, things you like to do, things you like to see, things you like to uh, to hear, right? Yeah. So um, let's see here. And so it, it's a it can be a particular location, experience, personality, interest, um, and it kind of wraps. The couple, so that love is expected, familiar, and a part of their shared life. The other thing is, is that the affection of the people around us um, is more. It's more of a day-to-day thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's the majority of our love experience, even if we don't label it. So, majority of what we have in life is the storge uh, experience of love. Correct. So the storge then builds up to the next love, which is called the filios or the philia. It's a filial love. And and we see this in the Bible, right? The friendship between... Friendship is what that means. Yep. So a friendship uh, between David and Jonathan. And so their friendship was more that the bonds, bonds them together uh, like brothers. But also, it moves past the storge is because there's a commonality that unites two persons together, 
right? Um, either they, they've seen battles together or they have shared some, some, some common grounds together. And so that's how usually friendships are built off of. Um, of a unique experience that's both shared or the same experiences by two different people. But also, C.S. Lewis talks about something that's really neat. He says, we need to distinguish between friendship and also between lovers. This is cool. He said, because a true friendship, friends don't talk about each, each other. other. They talk about their friendship and what things they do. No, they don't talk about their friendship. That's yes. his point. Yeah, yeah. so they don't talk about friendship. They, they say, we're friends, and that's it. They don't think about it. Yeah, they don't think much about it. But for lovers, it's different because they are always liking to think about the person that they love. So it's incessant. Right. It's yeah. an obsession of the lover. The other thing that goes on is, in how he describes it, is um, friendship are two people sitting on the same side of the table looking at an infinite third. Aristotle would even say that. So two mm -hmm. people can stay together forever uh, in friendship as long as they're looking at an infinite third, which is an awesome pre-sight looking into even to heaven. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go there yet. But uh, the versus lovers, which is the next one, Eros, lovers look at each other. They're on the table, and it's the candlelight dinner, and they're looking at each other. Friends don't do that. Correct. Friends look at an infinite third. So good, the true, the beautiful God, uh, religion, theology, philosophy, um, something that is a transcendent uh, third, and so both of them are going after this. Or maybe a similar hobby could do that, you know, different things that, that get us um, to be friends. And so it's it's going after that infinite third. So and in this, it's like men need men and women need women. I mean, you can have uh, women and men friends and friends. Yeah, you can do that, um, and it's definitely possible, but... Um, there's a it's bond. a bond that happens, men, especially military men, I think, yep. can appreciate that. Um, so just that sense of men calling out men and women calling out women and, and talking about the different things that needs that need to happen. Um, this would be a good place to interject, too, um, that we want to spend some time, just the friendship, right? Um, is C.S. Lewis makes another good point. He says, you know, Believe it or not, this love, some people can go without, you know, they can experience storge and eros, but sometimes they don't know what friendship is. Right, and people, right, a lot of people have lived and died without knowing friendship. And the scary part is that we are seeing the effects of that in our society, mm -hmm. right? Um, and for Father Brian, as, as we're growing up, we can tell you what friends we had, what things that we did with our friends, and, and, and the memories that, that we've had. Now, if you ask anyone born during the 2020s or even earlier in the 2000s, they'll tell you that their friendship, the definition of friendship has evolved to compartmentalization. I have friends that I just do this particular activity with. Like, right. I have friends that just game. right? And then I don't share the same things like I share with my friends who game versus my actual, actual friends. Yeah. And then, then, then there's a difference between the best friends. And I'm looking at these people, I'm like, what are you talking about? You either have just a good friend or a best friend, right? That's the typically <laughs> the categories go. Uh, but the reason why I just want to talk about this is because without a good understanding of filial love, you can't, you can't go on to the next arrow's love, but it's a lot of hard work. 
because to feel love, as good friends, you learn to be vulnerable, you learn to trust people, you learn to open up yourself up. But then, if you have, if you never experienced friendship and then you go straight into eros love, you know, and start dating, that could be very difficult because you don't know what to base base off. Right. So the other thing is, is uh, CS kind of pushes it into this is the closest natural love to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also points out like filial love doesn't do anything to our bodies, right? So mm-hmm. storge, uh, a child's crying, we react, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, if we want to or not, we react. Um, Eros, uh, Eros, I'm falling in love, I'm infatuated with somebody, I'm thinking about somebody, my heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. All those things affect our bodies and how we respond, but philia doesn't, um, and um, and it's it's non, and so in that sense it's not physical, and so yep. uh, few value it because few experience it. Mm. Um, is kind of what he says. It's like we don't value it very much because few of us actually experience it. One of the things that we were told in seminary um, was if you ever don't want to end up in rehab, um, is be able to know your... If you have three to four friends that you can be real with for your entire life, mm-hmm. count yourself blessed yeah. because a majority of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. But if you have that, um, you don't have to worry about uh, falling into bad habits or falling into falling away from from good from the good life, um, just because you're able to be real with at least three to four people, and you don't. I mean, it's kind of typically what we can manage only is like three or four people um, that we can become friends with. Um, anything else on oh, friendship? I, th- I I think I think that was good. That was good. We can do our own podcast on just the topic itself. But let's move on into you know the arrows. Okay, so just one last thing, code coding from himself. Friendships must be about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it's an enthusiasm over dominoes or white mice. Those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. Think about it too. Friendships have begun, faith movements developed entire areas of thoughts and contributed to many projects from art to business. So you got to be a movement person in order to have friends, I guess. You got to be about something in order to have fellow travelers with you is uh, something also that that, uh, friendships brings out. So moving on to third love. Eros love, uh, also known as romantic love. So it's different. Uh, it's different than friendship because lovers are always talking about their love, mm-hmm. um, and it's normally face to face, and they're absorbed in each other. So Correct. you know, I guess the best idea would be thinking about uh, the candlelight dinner. And yep. he goes. Uh, C.S. Lewis tells us that there's a danger in just thinking that ro- it's romantic love, um, blindly feeling the passions. Because mm-hmm. if we first look at affection and first look at falling in love with the person, what is it that you say about them? You say, I'm thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop thinking about them, uh, about her, about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just can't stop thinking about 
all of them. Yep. Uh, and the mystery of the person. And so uh, C.S. Lewis wants to stop there and say that's what Eros is. Eros isn't passion-driven per se, um, but it starts with I want the whole person. Mm. I don't want just this element or this uh, characteristic. Yeah. All I want is the full person. What can I do in order to get lost um, into that fold? So we're not following the blind passion of it. Um, but it, and we, we, we celebrate the passion and we, we think uh, the absence um, means such love has to die. But a certain true romance is, 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 not, is not so fickle. The, Though the uh, use, feelings are useful, the event of falling in love is of much. Um, I'm reading a quote here. The event of falling in love is of much a na- natural na- nature that we are right to reject as intolerable the idea that we should be so transitory, says Lewis. One of the high bound. In one high bound, it has overleaped the massive wall of our selfishhood. It has made appetite itself atrostic, tossed personal personal happiness aside as a triviality, and planted the interest of another in the center of our being. Spontaneous and without effort, we have fulfilled the law towards one person by loving our neighbor as ourselves. So another way to say it is, is what, what C.S. Lewis is presenting to us is what a true, uh, you can see the words of holy transformed love versus an unholy transformed love. So what does that mean? So an unholy transformed love is just, you know, I want, I don't want the person. I like the feeling that the person gives to me, right? This preoccupation of, it first begins with the person, but if it's unholy, it's more of the feeling that the person gives to me. I'm infatuated by the way that I feel when I'm around this person. And so you can already see the language changing. If it's, if it's an unholy romantic love, it's more about what can I get from this person. And I like yeah. to uh, constantly be in it. But versus the holy transformed love is my life has changed. I'm no longer going in on myself. I'm going out. I don't mind doing things for this other person. Right. And this person has challenged me to become a better person and have right. the better priorities in my life. And that's what C.S. Lewis stresses a lot. He's like, we should spend some time here and know the distinction. Uh, otherwise, he said, there's a moral danger, right? We, we, we focus too much on, uh, on the effects of this romance love instead of what the origin of the, right. of the romantic love. So he goes so far as you know a man walking on the streets in a certain place in or in England, and uh, he's he's looking for a woman, but he he makes it, he goes that's exactly what he's not looking for. He's not looking for the full womanhood and what that and who that is. He's looking for the pleasure that um, she can give him, and so there's an element of. Um, yeah, and that's that's the whole entire, uh, or I guess the whole thing why lust is is, is a sin is because lust is the grasp yep. of not seeing the individual but just seeing the effect that it has on you 
not the effect that it has on uh, the individual in front of you. And so, mm -hmm. um, so we want to fall. So the first movement is to fall, and that's where Lewis says Eros is the best because it does get my heart rate up. It does get me outside of myself, and it does it instantaneously. And all of a sudden, somebody else is in the center of my being other than me, and I can't stop thinking about them, right? That's a good, right? Because it, it breaks our shell, our selfishness of my life is about me. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, there's a reason that Scripture teaches us uh, this bond of man and woman from Genesis onward. It is the picture of God's love for the world. Christ, for his bride, the church, and when we discover afresh that romance is more deeply set on uh, sat then on the drivel served up on the drivel served up uh, by our culture, then we more rightly hold our spouse in the mode of unconditional love. And so Eros gives us the energy, the focus um, in order to have that unconditional love. Speaking of unconditional love, we'll go to our last one. Yes, <clears throat> agape love. So this love goes deeper than the ro the romance love because it's it's almost the best way to say it like it's 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 a suffering love right a love like Jesus where he's able to give of himself to others around him a love that says I'm not afraid to do any of these things and I'm just looking for my notes Sorry. Okay, he lost his notes got it so. Um, it deals with the deeper love of our Lord, and it's a need to have God as our source, uh, um, you know, of our love. And Saint Augustine describes a good experience. He says, you know, without agape, this is what happens, right? He he recalls an experience of him losing his best friend, and because he didn't believe in God, nor did he learn how to love others, uh, besides himself or God, he placed his whole for him. He was stuck in the arrows. His friend gave him fulfillment. His friend gave him purpose. So when the friend is gone, where do you turn to, right? And he says, this is a recipe for disaster. Is because when we put our faith not in of God himself, uh, of not of not in God himself, he couldn't find motivation to go on. You know, but so but with God's love, it, it pushes us deeper in saying, you know, you're searching for me. With the arrows love, I am motivating you by giving you a chance to fall in love with me through this particular person. Right. It may not you may not want to love me first, but you're learning to love me by the, by the people that have been placed in your lives, your friends, and your significant other, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and now your wife, and now your husband. All this has been teaching us how to love and how to purify the love to the point of where Christ loves. And Christ teaches us that. Suffering is a gateway to agape love because it's deeper than any earthly love that we've ever experienced. And we often hear this in our Catholic faith a lot, right? God is love. We didn't love we didn't love God first, but He's the one that first loved us. And we can see that love through the way He created things, through creation. He's made all this earth and all the good things of the earth for us. And He saved us on the last day. And He said it was a very 
on the sixth day, us. he yeah. created us. You said saved us. Oh, sorry. I mean, he, cre- he created us. And then also his love, the agape love of redemption, right? Why would a God, a perfect God, God will become one of us and choose to offer his only son who is innocent as a ransom for all? Right. Like That's the deepest love there. Right. So, just like Father Tate was saying, uh, affection, friendship, and romantic love are training grounds for charity, mm-hmm. which is this last agape love. But it's also a rival of uh, two of the three of them. Agape is a rival. And St. Augustine would say um, that the deep loss of a friend, like Father Tate was saying, gives us so um, deep a desolation um, when we give our hearts... Uh, anything but to God. So it creates a deep desolation for God. And then C.S. Lewis jumps on that idea and says, you know, all human beings pass away. Mm. Um, so don't put your your goods in a leaky vessel. So don't spend too much time, uh, don't spend too much on the house um, you may have to turn out, uh, get turned out of. Yet we are made to love and we want we are in it, in want of it. If we play it safe, we are not living out the gospel, but bearing the coin in the safe ground, as the parable reminds us. So C.S. Lewis then, you know, kind of goes on to say, um, well, he reminds you, you know, uh, Jesus says, you know, unless you hate your father and mother, um, <laughs> your own kids, your own, you know, basically everything, you do not have, um, you don't, you can't be a much disciple. Well, what is Jesus getting at? He's getting at agape love should be our first and foremost love. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones are training grounds Correct. to get to it. Mm-hmm. But once when we're in agape, agape should, um, should propel us to reorient all of those loves. And so you have, um, you know, saints that have, have walked away from their families. You have people in religious life or priests that have been... Uh, priests and their families don't want them to do that. Um, we had some classmates like that. Um, their parents weren't behind them in doing that. Um, we've had some friends that, you know, and for whatever reason, but what what's being reoriented in their life and what is Jesus calling us to? It's, he's calling us to this radical, unconditional love for the Father and for um for the world. And then all of my other priorities, all my other loves come in to place and so our all of our natural loves are now um something different you know now they're run through and so mm-hmm. c.s lewis himself wasn't much of a, a gambler or much of a uh, a day trader um so he says you know he's kind of make the analogy with money and love um, that there is no safe investment right love is to be vulnerable so all love is to be vulnerable and this is a quote from him. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrong and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness. Mm. But that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, will change. And it will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. 
the alternative, the alternative to tragedy, or at least the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside of heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all dangers and perturbation of love is hell. That's deep. <laughs> Super deep. So what are we created for? We're created for love. We're created to be vulnerable. We're created for all of these four types of love and to do it um, because God loved us, right? And so uh, when I am broken, I go to the Lord. When I am wrong, I go to the Lord. When anything comes my way, my first impulse should be to the Lord, not to run into the selfishness of the safe, dark, motionless, airtight, and it becomes impenetrable, imbreakable, and I love that word, irredeemable. So we become irredeemable because God is love, and if uh, we close ourselves off to the world, um, well, God can't touch us, and that's what hell is, is God's love can't touch us um, because we've closed it off. So... um, If we think that perhaps love is not worth the sorrow and pain, then we are more pagan than we are Christian. Though the fall has invited us, uh, has invited selfishness to linger heavy in our culture, ours is the gospel charge to go forth Mm -hmm. to the nth degree to love those who are broken, not some vague humanitarian effort, but to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, Matthew 28. Let let us ask God to awaken such an abandoning and reckless love to come into our lives. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, we can go on and on, but... Um, there's a lot to unpack. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I recommend you either get the book, The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, either you, you know a paperback, a paperback copy or even on audio. And don't rush. There's no need to rush. There's a lot of good things in it. And uh, the more you read about this and pray about it, the more you will see how God want, yearns to love you and for you to see how he loves you through all four stages of love. He's always been there for you. He continues to be there for you. And He will always be there for you. But the question for us is, are we willing to trust and make ourselves vulnerable even amidst the past pain we've had? E- either through friendship, right? Through affection, or even just, uh, yeah, whatever it is, right? Are we going to allow God to love us once more? And so, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this has been helpful for you um, and to, to strengthen you during, during these times of... Uh, the pandemic, but also to keep your eyes on, on God. He wants to meet you where you're at, but to pull you out and to pull you deeper into his love. So thank you so much for listening to us. Cool. We're going to end with 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. It says, If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy or can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Pray that you gain love. Have love. Ask the Lord for more love. 
He loves us into existence, loves us each and every day, and that's not uh, something to take lightly. So, Stay holy, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye.